The first reading is taken from Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 to 10, and can be found on page 1172 of the Church Bible. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. The Gospel is taken from Mark chapter 8, and you can find it on 1012 of the Church Bible. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory, Glory to, you, to you, O Lord. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. And he said to them, Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Heavenly Father, may your word to us today lead us deeper into an understanding of our full identity in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do please have a seat and welcome. It's my first time to stand here and open up the mysteries of God's word. It's something that is a great honour and a privilege. But before God stepped into my life, I used to hate speaking in public. I would avoid it at all costs. Now it's something that I love to do, and it's such an honour to be able to look into God's Word. And this passage that we have today reminds me of a quote that's attributed to Mark Twain. See, sometimes in the Bible we get things that are complicated and difficult, but sometimes we get things that are simple and difficult. And Mark Twain said, it ain't the parts of the Bible that I don't understand that bother me, it's the parts that I do understand. And that's the sort of passage that we have today, because Jesus says, 
if you want to come after me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Those are challenging words, but words that might change who we are. Today, we have this opportunity to think about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And as Jesus speaks to us, to each one of us, he asks us what our response will be. The Gospel of Mark is the simplest and shortest of the Gospels, and it falls into two halves, and at the centre, there is a hinge section, and that's where we are today, in this central section. So the first half of the Gospel is filled with lots of good things that Jesus does. The first seven and a half chapters, the disciples are with Jesus and they're seeing him doing these amazing things. And as the evidence builds up in chapter 8, Jesus says to them, he asks them, who do you say that I am? And Peter, bless him, who often gets things wrong, Peter says, you are the Messiah, the Christ. And we all think, hooray, Peter's got it. Jesus is the anointed one, the one who will come to change all things, who will fix all that is wrong in the world and who will start amongst us the kingdom of God. The disciples have encountered God in Jesus and they think that they're starting to understand who he is. This is the first part of Mark's gospel and now Jesus gets the disciples ready for the second half of Mark's gospel because that second half is much darker. It's that journey to Jerusalem when Jesus dies on the cross where he'll meet lots of opposition. He'll be rejected by those who should listen to him. And in this hinge section in the middle, Jesus will tell them three times that he will go to Jerusalem and be killed. And it won't be pretty. And this passage that we've had today comes after the first time that he's told them that he's going to Jerusalem to be killed. So what we need to do to picture ourselves in this passage is to see a sunny hillside in Galilee. It's a lovely place with rolling hills. And there is Jesus and his disciples. And he calls the whole crowd, so all of us are included. He calls the whole crowd to him. And there in that safety and security, he explains what's going to happen next. And he says, If anyone would come after me, they must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. And he says this because Jesus is not the first person to claim to be a Messiah, which is a big claim and a claim which will bring him into opposition to the Roman Empire. There were other people who rebelled against the Roman Empire and they usually end up on crosses. Don't know if you remember the film Spartacus with Kirk Douglas, but at the end of that film, there's a great scene where uh, they catch up with Spartacus and he's defeated and the Romans say to, say to all his followers, who's Spartacus? Because they want to make an example of him and everybody says, I'm Spartacus. It's one of those classic films, classic film moments. And... They are all crucified. Spartacus and all his followers are crucified. So when Jesus is saying this, he is like an officer in a trench getting his men ready to go over the top. He's like an expedition leader getting all those in the expedition ready to make the final ascent on Everest, ready to make sure that they're all equipped. Or he's like a coach demanding total equipment, total commitment from his squad as they enter a tournament, committing everything to win the cup. 
They must be ready for what's ahead if they want to be on Jesus' team. It's going to require self-denial and total focus. They have to be prepared for what will happen in the next days. Put simply, Jesus is being brutally honest with them. And it's similar to a famous advert that Ernest Shackleton, the explorer, put into the Times. It said he put uh, an advert to encourage men to join him on an Antarctic expedition. And the advert went like this. Men wanted for hazardous journey, low wages, bitter cold, long hours of complete darkness, safe return doubtful, honour and recognition in event of success. It's that sort of a, of a message that Jesus is trying to get across. Jesus wants his followers to see that there will be a cost if they decide to come with him. He says, look, you've seen who I am. Now this is what's in store. Are you in or are you out? Choose now. This is the moment. Give it your all or give up and walk away. Don't come unless you're absolutely sure. He goes on to warn them, if you follow me, you'll lose your old life. But that's a life that you can't hang on to anyway. And then there's the promise. If you come with me, you get a whole new life. And that life is an eternal life, a life that will go on forever. Come with me and you'll experience the kingdom of God, the place where God rules and reigns, where you'll be made whole and the whole world is reset to the original maker's original settings. He says, this is your choice. It's the most important choice you'll ever have. Are you going to trust and believe in me? Two years ago, I took the funeral of a young man who had just started his first year at Bristol University. His life had been touched with tragedy. His mum had died when he was still a toddler, but his dad had raised him on his own with all the difficulties involved. And Daniel had a place on a course that he dreamed of. And just four weeks into that course, he was found dead in his room. A life full of potential cut short. Jesus says, what good does it do to gain the whole world and lose your soul? Jesus isn't going to stop all the tragedies in the world ever happening. But don't people need hope to hold on to? Someone to trust when the days are dark. You see, it's a matter of life and death. Who are we going to trust? Who are we going to follow? Who are we going to give our lives to? What's the purpose of this life that we lead? So it is a tough challenge. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. But we know that a life lived in this way makes sense. Life in Jesus is about setting out on an adventure with an awesome reward at the end. It's not about freedom, but about obedience. It's not about the choices we make, but about us realizing that we are chosen because only he leads us to the abundant life that he brings. In his service, we find perfect freedom and he has chosen us and we know that he's chosen to die for us 
so that we might truly be free. This is what we come back to. If Jesus is Lord at all, then he is Lord of all. He can't be the Lord of this or that. He either is the Lord, and that makes him the Lord of all, or he's not Lord at all. He is the Lord of the universe, the Lord of life, the Lord of light and the Lord of love. And we can say he is my Lord, he's Lord of me. People quite often say to me, it must have been hard giving up being a vet. That was the job that I did before I became a vicar. I was a vet. And people will often say, it must have been hard to give up being a vet to think about becoming a vicar. And it really wasn't. It really wasn't hard to give up being a vet to be a vicar. There were things that we gave up that looked good. We had a lovely house. We had great holidays. I had a good career. And we gave up some financial security. There was a pay cut involved in coming to work for Jesus full time. Perhaps you'd expect that. My pay cut that I took the year that I gave up being a vet was 82%. Not 8.2%, but 82%. But vicars get paid enough, and we've never gone short. We've always been blessed with enough. We've always had enough. We had three children at the time I gave up being a vet. It wasn't just me that I was making the decision for. Debs and I made the decision for. When he says, deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me, it sounds like a big challenge. But the thing is, he's with you on every step of the way. You can end up in all sorts of places. I've been to prison and to palaces. I've preached in mud brick chapels and in cathedrals. I've been up mountains and into jungles and sat next to archbishops and ambassadors. And there have been times when life has been really hard. But it's the very best decision that I ever made. So what's your response going to be to Jesus today? What's your choice? As we go into our year of mission, we're meeting here in this sunny, safe place of security, but Jesus calls us to somewhere new. Are we prepared to deny ourselves, to take up our cross and follow him, to allow him to be Lord of our lives? You see, I've realized that this is the most important thing for me in my life, that I am a faithful follower of Jesus. There are always distractions. There's always the chance that I'll fail to speak of Jesus when I need to, fail to give him all that he deserves. And on this response Sunday, he calls us to follow him. And this is the amazing thing, that we can be on his team because he's called us and chosen us, each one of us, We have his righteousness to put on. Our kit is sponsored by the forgiveness that he won on the cross. And we have his spirit to coach us and to guide us. We're not going to be asked to charge into no man's land or cross a crevasse on crampons. But he might just call us to step out in faith. To step out onto the street, to share our story with somebody that we may not know or to give up a little of what we hold on to so that his kingdom can come. And when we do, we will know that he is with us as we seek to make him known.
So in a moment, I'm going to say a little prayer. And uh, as you sit there in the quiet, you can say it with me in your mind if you want to. There's no pressure. It's a big challenge, this denying ourselves, taking up our cross and following him. But it is the very best adventure that we can ever set out on. So as I say this prayer, in your mind, you might want to say it too. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord Jesus, you have called and chosen me. Help me to be your faithful follower. Help me to do this in response to all that you've done for me this year and always. Amen.